we have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, Home Bible Study 21st Century Style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. CAC Daily iCast, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style on this Wednesday type of broadcast. It is the 11th day of the 10th month, October the 11th, 2023. We got a lot of stuff coming up this month and next month and December. Also, We want to uh, make all of our announcements and bring those to your attention so that you can be a part of any and all of our services. So the first thing we want to look at is our announcements and I want you to be reminded not this weekend, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're going to be having Brother George Scott with us. Going to have a great time with Brother Scott as he brings us uh, a couple of messages. That'll be Saturday, October the 21st at 7 p.m. And then that will be Sunday, October the 22nd at 11 a.m. So Brother George Scott will be with us for CAC Homecoming 23. Also, CAC Trunk or Treat coming up Tuesday, October the 31st, 6 to 8 p.m. Then CAC Harvest Time Crusades coming up Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th, 11 a.m., Brother Michael Moppin. Also coming up, CAC Daily iCast. We are going to be celebrating our 
10th anniversary service right here online Tuesday, December the 5th. We started broadcasting back in 2013, Monday through Friday, so we're excited about that. And the CAC Christmas program, if you want to be in it, you got to sign up now. Sign-up sheet is on the back podium. It will be Sunday, December the 10th at 6 p.m. And then CAC New Year's Eve celebration coming up, which will round out the year. Sunday, December 31st, beginning at 9 p.m. to midnight. So come on out and be with us for any and all of our services. We do have prayer requests that we need to make mention of. We'll mention the last 10, and of course you can see all of the others scrolling on the screen. Let's remember Dora Allen, Sharon and Marvin Dunn, Paula Rowe, uh, Sid Lester's family, Reggie Joe Dotson, Pam Bartley, Charles Wolford, and Nicole Smith. And if you have a prayer request or testimony or praise report where well, you can uh, get that to us several different ways you can put it in the comment section or the chat room or you can call in at 606-282-4108 or you can email those to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org let's go to the lord in prayer as we open up today's service lord we come before your presence and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name i pray lord that you would bless us today as we have this broadcast and utilize this platform that we will bring honor and glory unto you i pray also lord that you would move in a mighty miraculous way for each and every one whether they have a need of uh, of healing or or deliverance or provision Whatever their needs are, Lord, I pray that you will supply those needs, and in return, they will give you praise, honor, and glory for supplying those needs. Lord, we thank you for everything you've done for us. We thank you, Lord, for everything you have provided for us. We thank you for being our Savior and saving us. Lord, we ask also that you would move in a mighty, miraculous way for each and every one on our prayer list, each and every one of our viewers whoever it may be from across the world, around the U.S. and around the world, we ask, Lord, for your blessings upon them. And, Lord, we're going to give you the praise, the honor, and the glory, for it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen, amen. Well, you know, it is uh, Wednesday, which means tonight we will be having Bible study at CAC. That'll be at 7 o'clock. Come on out and be with us. Always great to study the Word of the Lord together as we learn more about how to serve him. You know, just because you've repented doesn't mean that's all there is to it. That don't mean that you can just say, okay, I've repented, now I'm good. No, we need to learn more about his word and how to please him. And so we are going to be uh, looking at some uh, things in our study that will help us to know more about Jesus. And, um, well... Uh, we want to continue to remember Sister Pam Bartley. She came through her surgery uh, good yesterday, and it was a long surgery, but uh, they got everything, and everything showed no cancer. And uh, so we give the Lord the praise and the honor for that. And uh, so now it's just a process of her healing up and, uh, and getting back to feeling like her old self. So let's be in much prayer for her. And we are reading our way through the uh, Old Testament. And once we get through the Old Testament, we're going to loop back through the New Testament. So if you stick around long enough, you can say that you have read through the Bible right here on CAC Daily ICAST. So here we go, and we're going to start with 1 Kings, and this will be chapter 7. 1 Kings chapter 7. But Solomon was building his own house 13 years, and he finished all his house. He built also the house of the forest of Lebanon. The length thereof was an hundred cubits, and the breadth thereof fifty cubits, and the height thereof thirty cubits, upon four rows of cedar pillars, with cedar beams upon the pillars. And it was covered with cedar above upon the beams that lay on forty-five pillars, fifteen in a row. And there were windows in three rows, and light was against light in three ranks. And all the doors and posts were square with the windows, and light was against light in three ranks. 
and he made a porch of pillars. The length thereof was fifty cubits, and the breadth thereof thirty cubits. And the porch was before them, and the other pillars and the thick beam were before them. Then he made a porch for the throne where he might judge, even the porch of judgment. And it was covered with cedar from one side of the floor to the other. And his house where he dwelt had another court within the porch, which was of the like work. Solomon made also an house for Pharaoh's daughter, whom he had taken to wife, like unto this porch. All these were of costly stones, according to the measures of hewed stones, sawed with saws, within and without, even from the foundation under the coping, and so on the outside toward the great court. And the foundation was of costly stones, even great stones, stones of ten cubits and stones of eight cubits. And above were costly stones, after the measures of hewed stones and cedars. And the great court round about was with three rows of hewed stones and a row of cedar beams, both for the inner court of the house of the Lord and for the porch of the house. And King Solomon sent and fetched Hiram out of Tyre. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and cunning to work all works in brass. And he came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. For he cast two pillars of brass of eighteen cubits high apiece, and a line of twelve cubits did compass either of them about. And he made two chapiters of molten brass to set upon the tops of the pillars. The height of the one chapiter was five cubits, and the height of the other chapiter was five cubits. And nets of checker work and wreaths of chain work for the chapiters which were upon the top of the pillars, seven for the one chapiter and seven for the other chapiter. And he made the pillars and two rows round about upon the one network to cover the chapiters that were upon the top with pomegranates. And so did he for the other chapiter. And the chapiters that were upon the top of the pillars were of lily work in the porch, four cubits. And the chapiters upon the two pillars had pomegranates also above over against the belly which was by the network. And the pomegranates were two hundred in rows round about upon the other chapiter. And he set up the pillars in the porch of the temple, and he set up the right pillar, and called the name thereof Jachin. And he set up the left pillar, and called the name thereof Boaz. And upon the top of the pillars was lily work, so was the work of the pillars finished. And he made a molten sea, ten cubits from the one brim to the other. It was round all about, and his height was five cubits, and a line of thirty cubits did compass it round about. And under the brim of it round about there were knops compassing it, ten and a cubit, compassing the sea round about. The knops were cast in two rows when it was cast. It stood upon twelve oxen, three looking toward the north, and three looking toward the west, and three looking toward the south, and three looking toward the east. And the sea was set above upon them, and all their hinder parts were inward. And it was an handbreadth thick, and the brim thereof was wrought like the brim of a cup with flowers of lilies. It contained two thousand baths. And he made ten bases of brass. Four cubits was the length of one base, and four cubits the breadth thereof, and three cubits the height of it. And the work of the bases was on this manner. They had borders, and the borders were between the ledges. And on the borders that were between the ledges were lions, oxen, and cherubims. And upon the ledges there was a base above. And beneath the lions and oxen were certain additions made of thin work. And every base had four brazen wheels and plates of brass. And the four corners thereof had undersetters. Under the laver were undersetters molten at the side of every addition. And the mouth of it within the chapiter and above was a cubit. But the mouth thereof was round, after the work of the base, a cubit and an half. And also upon the mouth of it were gravings with their borders four square, not round. And under the borders were four wheels, and the axle trees of the wheels were joined to the base. And the height of the wheel was a cubit and half a cubit. And the work of the wheels was like the work of a chariot wheel. Their axle trees and their knaves and their fellows and their spokes were all molten. And there were four undersetters to the four corners of one base, and the undersetters were of the very base itself. And in the top of the base was there a round compass of half a cubit high. And on the top of the base the ledges thereof and the borders thereof were of the same. 
For on the plates of the ledges thereof, and on the borders thereof, he graved cherubims, lions, and palm trees, according to the proportion of every one, and additions round about. After this manner he made the ten bases, all of them had one casting, one measure, and one size. Then made he ten lavers of brass. One laver contained forty baths, and every laver was four cubits, and upon every one of the ten bases one laver. And he put five bases on the right side of the house, and five on the left side of the house. And he set the sea on the right side of the house eastward over against the south. And Hiram made the lavers and the shovels and the basins. So Hiram made an end of doing all the work that he made King Solomon for the house of the Lord. The two pillars and the two bowls of the chapiters that were on the top of the two pillars, and the two networks to cover the two bowls of the chapiters which were upon the top of the pillars. And four hundred pomegranates for the two networks, even two rows of pomegranates for one network to cover the two bowls of the chapiters that were upon the pillars. And the ten bases and ten lavers on the bases, and one sea and twelve oxen under the sea and the pots and the shovels and the basins, and all these vessels which Hiram made to King Solomon for the house of the Lord were of bright brass. In the plain of Jordan did the king cast them, in the clay ground between Succoth and Zarthan. And Solomon left all the vessels unweighed, because they were exceeding many, neither was the weight of the brass found out. And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold and the table of gold, whereupon the showbread was and the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side and five on the left before the oracle, with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold, and the bowls and the snuffers and the basins and the spoons and the censers of pure gold, and the hinges of gold both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house to wit of the temple. So was ended all the work that King Solomon made for the house of the Lord. And Solomon brought in the things which David his father had dedicated. Even the silver and the gold and the vessels did he put among the treasures of the house of the Lord. We're reading our way through the Old Testament. That was 1 Kings chapter 7 and also... We have about a 46-degree morning this morning. Yeah, 46 degrees, but uh, we'll take that. And looks like it's going to get somewhere in the neighborhood. Let's just take a look at our weather for the current uh, day, and it's going to be a high of somewhere around 66 degrees. Looks like tomorrow's going to be warming up a little bit. Uh, going to have sunshine mixed with some clouds, 77. And looky, looky on Friday. Yeah, we're going to get back up to 80 degrees. That's right. So our current radar conditions, you can see that right here in our little portion of East Kentucky, there is nothing going on, nothing but sunshine. Maybe a passing cloud, but more or less sunshine. So, uh... Yeah, that's what's happening here in our little part of the world. Hope the weather's great where you are. We still need to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem, praying for the IDF soldiers, and uh, praying that uh, uh, the Lord just gives them the victory swiftly and with the least amount of casualties. Always with war, there's casualties. So whether it's a military war, uh, whether it's a church war, or whether it is a family war, there's always casualties of war. So remember that. So it's best to try to live peaceably if we can. But, um, of course, Israel has said, you know, uh, we're, we've had enough, and enough is enough, and we're going to take care of the situation. And I believe they mean business. I really do. I believe they mean business. And they're not fooling around. So uh, let's uh, be in much prayer for the peace of Jerusalem and the state of Israel and all who are fighting with it. You know, the IDF is the Israeli uh, defense forces. And uh, so they're the ones fighting the battle. 
Well, it's going to escalate to a full takeover. Uh, basically, what you've seen Russia try to do to Ukraine, well, that's what uh, is going to be happening to Gaza. It's going to be leveled, and it's going to be uh, uh, all the all the Hamas eradicated. But uh, if you've seen any of the reports, of course, they're not showing the full pictures because of the gruesomeness of it, uh, beheading babies, uh, killing mothers and elderly and all of that. So we need to be a much prayer for Israel and the families that have lost loved ones. And we have Americans that have been killed. And uh, also some Americans may have been taken hostage, don't know the the. Uh, I guess, result of they're missing, if they're just missing, if they're dead or if they're, you know, a hostage. But uh, there are Americans that are missing, and some have been killed. So just keep that in mind that uh, just because it's a war that is far away from maybe where you live, it's not a war that doesn't affect America and all of us. With that said, let's see if we can't jump in and uh, see if we can't get maybe a little something here that we like to do. Yeah, we like to do things right here. And this is, have you got a minute? Well, if you got a minute, then you got time for 60 seconds with the pastor. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Pastor Richard D. McKinney, and welcome to 60 Seconds with the Pastor. Job chapter 12 and verse 10 says, In whose hand is the soul of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? The Bible says that Job was a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and stayed away from evil. Job had a great family and was the richest man in the area. Yet all of these blessings and faithfulness did not exclude Job from loss. If you have suffered loss today, Remember whose hand you are in. God is still in control, and when we go through loss and disappointment, we are still in His hand. For the life of every living thing is in His hand, and the breath of every human being. There is no greater security than to know that you are in the hand of the Lord. In the hand of the Lord. Well, it is 47 degrees outside my window pane and looks like that it's going to heat up a little bit today, but as the week goes on, it's going to heat up even more. So I'm looking forward to that 80 degree day. Yeah, that 80 degree day looks like that uh, it's going to be somewhere in Friday, on Friday, I should say. And 66 today, so not bad. Not cool, but uh, a little on the cool side, but not bad. And it's going to feel like it's 69, so that's going to be pretty nice weather. And it's going to be pleasant warmer tomorrow with sunshine and mixing in with some clouds. Let's see what else we got going on here because, uh, well, it's time for us to do this. We like to do this, this part of the uh, broadcast and that's our trivia question of the day. So let's just jump right in. Radio. Join us Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Woo-wee! That's some mighty fine internet radio. What time is it? I'll tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC Trivia Question of the Day. CAC Trivia Question of the Day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps Radio and Television Broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY FM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the Listen Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world, that's Q95FM.net. 
Phelps.net. You can also watch the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW. That's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, what king of Israel was the most evil of all? What king of Israel was most evil of all? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link, and it'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Well, yesterday's trivia question was simply this. It was, uh, how did God guide the Israelites by day through the desert from Egypt? And out of those that participated, it looks like that 100% of you got it correct. You got it correct with the correct answer. The Lord went before them in a pillar of a cloud that is Exodus 13 and 21. So 100% of you got the correct answer. And thank you for participating in that trivia question. You can participate in today's trivia question. What king of Israel was most evil of all? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily. Click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. Well, let's see if we can't uh, get the... Uh, um, Commonwealth Minute in here. This is uh, brought to you by Commonwealth Policy Center. Richard Nelson, Executive Director. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. Governor Andy Bashir raised more than $65 million in disaster relief funds for eastern and western Kentucky. Now, it was a good gesture to help Kentuckians in crisis. But unfortunately, there were no safeguards to make sure the money was spent correctly. After thousands of dollars were sent to people unaffected by the disasters, the legislature called for an audit. Current Auditor Mike Harmon announced an audit back in July. Now State Treasurer Allison Ball, who's currently running for State Auditor, is also asking for an audit. But Governor Andy Bashir is refusing. Now, there's a reason why we have checks and balances in our government. And when one branch refuses to be transparent with another branch of government, it raises a red flag. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC for Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. And that is the Commonwealth Minute. And, well, is it surprising that when money is taken up, given to an organization that it's misused or government? And that's why when somebody has a house burn or somebody has uh, some need locally, we help people locally or personally. Uh, when the tornadoes hit out in western Kentucky and uh, tore up and displaced people, we knew some people personally, uh, some people that went to church uh, out there, and we knew them personally. So we sent money directly to them. Because there's always that chance that somebody says, well, we've got a little extra funds. We're going to use it for this when it can go to people who are actually in need. That, that way you know 100% of what you take up goes to the right place. Well, with that said and done, uh, it is time for us to take our little break. And the reason we take a break, we got to clear up the lag so that we can record our teaching sessions, put them on the archives. And so don't go away. Don't touch at any key because we'll be right back. Welcome to a little bit of church every day. Home Bible study, 21st century style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. 
You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast. Just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. And we're studying today in the book of Revelation. We're starting a new chapter. We're picking up where we left off uh, yesterday, and we finished up with chapter 5. And so now we're going to enter into chapter 6. Of course, Revelation, you got to take your time. We've got to study it break it down, and uh, there may be some things that we'll just have to tell you. You know, it's not clear what it means, uh, but uh, we will read you the Scripture so that you can uh, start studying on your own when we run into those situations. I don't claim to know everything. I'm not like some preachers who have an answer for everything. Uh, I am a person who studies the Word and... and uh, does a lot of uh, research in the Word, but to say I know everything in the Word, uh, or if anybody says that, they're they're not telling you the truth because uh, they're uh, things in the Word of God that we will not know until we get to heaven. So we want to pick up, as we said, where we left off. We're going to pick up in verse number one. This is chapter six in the book of Revelation. We're going to read just a few verses here. And it says, and I saw when the lamb opened one of the seals and I heard as it was, as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw and behold a white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and had a crown and a crown was given unto him and he went forth conquering and to conquer. And when he had opened the second seal, and I I just want to back up just one moment and stop right here because I want us to kind of take these uh, seals one at a time. And that way uh, we won't uh, have too much uh, trying to uh, get the knowledge of or or cramming too much information uh, without the revelation and understanding. So, Uh, We want to just talk about the first seal today, and so we want to go to the Lord in prayer as we study today. This is episode number 1095 of our study through the Word. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity to utilize this platform to teach your Word. I pray, Lord, that you would bless us today, that we would utilize this platform wisely and expound your word fully, rightly dividing the word of truth, line upon line and precept upon precept. Help us, Lord, to have the revelation of your word that we can give that information to others that are watching today. And Lord, we love you and we praise you and we give you honor in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Well, I guess the first thing that we must do is uh, we must talk about... um, uh, these um, these um, um, seals, 
I guess we could just uh, start there. Um, when you look at seals, uh, seals indicate judgment. Uh, and when a seal is, is not broken, it means that it is holding back judgment. It is holding back judgment. So keep that in mind. And then we see in Revelation chapter 6 that uh, Revelation 6 through 19 talks about the start of the seven years of tribulation or the seven-year tribulation. The first three and a half years, Revelation 6 through 9, the middle part of tribulation, Revelation 10 through 14, and then, of course, the last um, three and a half years is Revelation 15 through 19. Uh, similar to Zechariah's vision of four chariots patrolling the earth in Zechariah 6, verses 1 through 7, we see this is indicating God's activity or judgment. And then the call is, come and see. So when the Lamb had opened one of the seals, the first seal, um, there was the noise uh, the noise of thunder, the noise of thunder. Of course, uh, when you look at this, uh, the first seal, um, the white horse is not uh, Jesus coming. It's not Jesus coming. Uh, this is indicating uh, the uh, judgment uh, that is, uh, or the uh, false Christ, if you will, uh, the white horse is a false Christ accepted by the world. And, uh, of course, a bow without arrows is uh, peace and disarmament. A crown uh, is a victor's crown or a kingly crown. And uh, then we see that a world, world dictator begins his career as a peacemaker. Now, this is something interesting because... Um, when, when people start talking about peace in the Middle East, there will actually be no peace in the Middle East until the Lord brings all that peace. Now, the Antichrist is going to give a false sense of security and a false sense of uh, everything coming together. But uh, if we're not careful, what we will find is that um, we will read a white horse and we think automatically, oh, well, that's uh, Christ coming back. But we have to remember the Antichrist is always trying to imitate Jesus Christ. So let's look at the method of interpretation. I guess the best way to start with the text in Revelation chapter 6 is to uh, find the method of interpretation of the word. Of course, you interpret scripture with scripture. But we also know that sometimes uh, in the book of Revelation there are literal meanings or literal interpretation, as well as symbolic meaning in this book. So now we have to determine what is uh, literal and what is symbolic. Now, the language and context will determine whether or not each scene is to be understood as being literal or symbolic. So in Revelation 6 and 1, we find um, the phrase, as it were, this informs us that what follows will be a figurative or symbolic nature, as it were. You know, if I was to say, oh, I had a headache as if it were uh, my head was going to explode. Uh, that That's just figuratively, that's just a, a symbolic saying, you know, uh, as if it were. So always kind of look at the language and it will kind of determine whether it is uh, literal or symbolic. Now, if you're a student of the book of Revelation, uh, you should always keep in mind that John wrote what he saw and heard. Now, the revelation was uh, something that unfolded before him in chronological order. Uh, since much of it was describing the judgments of God in this uh, highly techni uh, technical age, John did not always understand what he saw. John didn't always understand how to uh, give us today the understanding. He just described what he knew, what he saw, and the best way to describe it. 
I'm sure if somebody was to ask you to describe uh, something, maybe you went to uh, Niagara Falls and I went to Niagara Falls and somebody said, describe what you saw. Well, you might say, oh, the falls was tall and noisy and this and that. And then I might look and say, oh, the falls were beautiful and the scenery around the falls was beautiful. And 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 you might see uh, the best way to describe something of what you can do, I guess, is what I'm trying to bring us to. Because John described what he saw to the best of his ability of what he related to and what was relatable in his day. So keep that in mind. John did not always understand what he saw. Uh, He knew nothing of jet planes. Uh, He knew nothing of atomic warfare or electronic computers. John simply recorded what he saw, describing each scene in descriptive terms that were familiar to him. So as we proceed in our studies in the book of Revelation, I would like to just kind of uh, give us um, an understanding that there's going to be things and events and symbols uh, that are not meant to be a final explanation. Maybe there's just something that we read and we see, but we're not going to see it fully explained until later or maybe even until we get to heaven. So just keep that in mind. we, we don't come to any uh, false conclusions. And again, as I said, as we study this, if I don't know what it means or it's not clear in the word what it means, I'm not going to be one of these people that speculate and say, oh, this is uh, this or that. Uh, I'm just going to give you the word when it comes to that. Uh, the chronological order. Uh, when the, With the breaking of this first seal, Uh, We begin a study of a period lasting for seven years. We all know that this is referred to in many different ways. It's referred to as the time of Jacob's troubles. Uh, It's referred to as the Great Tribulation Period. Um, We'll see some more references as we study. So uh, this is going to last for seven years. This period is a time designated uh, by various names. Uh, you can call it the day of the Lord, as we said. Uh, you can call it the days of Jacob, the day of Jacob's trouble, the day of darkness, the day of vengeance of our God, and of course, the great tribulation period. Fourteen chapters deal with this period. That's Revelation six through nineteen. So fourteen chapters deal with the great tribulation period. During this time, the righteous judgment of God is meted out to the inhabitants of the earth who have rejected him. Remember, the great tribulation is people that have rejected the Lord. Now, if you've been following along in our previous teachings, I believe that we are raptured out of here and the church is raptured out of here when John was called up hither and immediately he was in the spirit and he saw an open door, he went through it and he saw Jesus. I believe that is the rapture of the church. Now, many people says, no, you got to go through the first three and a half years. That's that's the the uh, you know uh, kind of people that believe in in mid trib rapture, and then no, some people says you got to go through the whole seven years, and that is people who believe in post or after the tribulation that the rapture takes place. I believe just from all my studies in the Word, that the church is going to be spared any of the wrath of God, any of the judgments poured out upon this earth. And that's what the great tribulation period is going to be. It's not, we all go through tribulation. So so, uh, when you read the Word and you see that we all go through tribulation, it's not talking about the great tribulation period. It's just talking about the troubles and trials and things that we all go through every day. Uh, If you live up on this earth, you're going to have troubles and you're going to have tribulation. You're going to have all sorts of things that uh, you have to work your way through and pray your way through. But with this great tribulation period, it's unlike anything else. And one thing that kind of gives us a hint or an insight to uh, this period of time 
uh, not involving the church is we see that it is called also the day of Jacob's trouble. So it's Jacob's trouble. Um, now, who is Jacob? Jacob is Israel. So this is not going to deal with the church. It's going to deal with those on the earth that have rejected the Lord and deal with Israel. So keep that in mind because there's, there's little hints of things that once you start putting them together, you see, oh, now I see what that is saying. So uh, time of Jacob's trouble, uh, time of darkness, vengeance of our God, great tribulation period. So during this time, uh, judgment is being meted out to the inhabitants of the earth um, and executed in, in kind of three different categories, the seals, the trumpets, and the vials. Keep that in mind. The seals, the comfort, uh, the trumpets, and the vials. The seals, the trumpets, and the vials. These three series of events is the judgments being executed and, and being put forth. So keep that in mind because that's important to understand. Now, uh, the trumpet judgments issue forth from the seals and the vial judgments issue forth from the trumpets. So uh, the seals in, in Revelation 6 through 19, trumpets, Revelation 8 through 19, and vials, Revelation 16 through 19. So keep, keep that in mind as we break this down and hopefully we can get through the first seal today and understand what it's talking about. In the text of the Bible, there are uh, some ex explanations between the opening of the sixth seal or the sixth and seventh seal in Revelation chapter 7 and the blowing of the sixth and seventh trumpet, Revelation 12 through 15. Um, these explanations are inserted to illuminate our understanding of the events. Uh, but to get running, to get a running narrative of the order of the judgments, we could leave these kind of uh, with with the understanding it's seals, trumpets, and vials. Just just kind of keep that in order. You might want to make a note of that. You might want to write that down on a notepad as you're taking these notes. And I hope you are taking the notes because we need to uh, kind of get all of these uh, understandings together. Now, the seven seals and six trumpets describe what will take place in the first three and one-half years of tribulation, while the vile judgments uh, describe what will take place in the second three-and-a-half years of tribulation. Now, the second period is also known as the Great Tribulation. So with the first seal, let's just jump right in and see what we can see about this first seal. With the breaking of the first four seals, we have four riders on horses. Uh, we, we see they are appearing on different colored horses, which all mean something. So each of these horsemen is announced by one of the living creatures in a thunderous voice. Remember when the first seal was open, it was as the voice of thunderings. I heard the noise of thunder. So these voices, uh, these living creatures in a thunderous voice, uh, and in some translation, uh, the words and see are left out. So the living creature is not speaking to John, but rather to the rider. He cried with the voice of thunder to the rider, come. And uh, so uh, basically just uh, the command is literally obeyed. And each of these riders keep on riding throughout the seven years of tribulation. Remember that. When you start seeing these horsemen, these riders, and these uh, events that take place because of that and what that represents, it continues through the whole seven years. When it appears, it continues through the seven years. So the first rider, the first rider is mounted on a white horse. We usually... Uh, kind of look at a uh, a uh, white horse uh, as uh, royalty, as uh, even representing uh, Jesus, uh, but this is not representing Jesus. So keep that in mind. Uh, we will we will see that later. But 
this is not representing Jesus. The first rider mounted on a white horse. Uh, many identify this rider as the Antichrist. Uh, this seems reasonable for now that the church is raptured. The uh, restraint uh, that held the uh, powers of the Antichrist is now raptured. So now the Antichrist can come forth. So uh, the Apostle Paul stated, and then shall that wicked be revealed. It is reasonable to believe that the first event in the tribulation will be the revealing of the Antichrist. Now, uh, we're going to see some things, and you're going to say, okay, uh, how come there's peace? Because the Antichrist is going to deceive people. He's going to deceive people. He's going to say, I got the answer for peace. I've got the answer for the economy. I've got the answer for your problems. Uh, if you if you will follow me, I will show you peace and contentment. So for, you know, first few years, uh, you know, uh, three and a half years, you, you'll find a little peace. You'll find a little, uh, you know, uh, uh, calm. And then all of a sudden it's revealed, oh, no, this is the Antichrist, and we've been following him. So most people say the first horse that is seen in Revelation is that white horse, which is uh, the Antichrist. He saw, and behold, a white horse, and I'll bring this up on the screen, and he that sat on him had a bow. So uh, you notice uh, some things that we'll try to point out as quickly as we can because I see that our time is running out even as we're just getting the introduction to this going. Um, but um, the, the writer here is not to be confused with Jesus pictured in Revelation 19. This writer appears at the beginning of Daniel's 70th week while Christ appears in chapter 19 at the end of the week. He has the appearance of Christ, but uh, while Christ appears, uh, you know, in a different place, that lets us know he has the appearance of Christ, but is a counterfeit. The devil has always tried to imitate, always tried to uh, appear to be uh, God, wanted to be God, wanted to be worshipped as God. And so he always has a counterfeit. So that's why not everybody that says they're called to preach is a preacher called of God. Not everybody that says they're, uh, you know, uh, a saint of God is a saint of God. Because some people are just counterfeits. You know, you can't, you can't really uh, tell a counterfeit bill unless you have a trained eye, a highly trained eye, or... Uh, light. You put light through it. You notice how sometimes you take your money to the store and they'll hold it up and look through it. The light reveals the true bills from the counterfeit. So does the light of Jesus reveal the counterfeit. The light of his word reveals the counterfeit and who is true. So always remember that. Light has a way of revealing things. And then we see that this writer appears, and uh, he, he's a counterfeit. He rides a white horse, which is a symbol of peace. He carries a bow, but notice he doesn't, there's no mention of any arrows. He just has a bow. Well, a bow without arrows uh, kind of just says peace, because if you haven't got any arrows, you're not going to uh, make war. You're just going to have peace. So uh, he carries a bow but has no arrows. He sheds no blood, but he does conquer. His method is that of deception. That's the way that the devil does. The devil deceives people today. And uh, I want to uh, kind of uh, uh, stop right here with this because I see that um, uh, it, it's kind of uh, bringing us to the end of understanding the first seal. Uh, he will imitate Christ, but will be a false Christ. And peace he offers is false peace. Remember, when they say peace and safety, sudden destruction cometh. 
And when you see the armies surrounding Israel and Jerusalem, look up your redemption's drawn nigh. Things that's going on right now in Israel, we better be looking up. The Lord could come at any time. So with this said about this white horse, he that sat on him most, uh, you know, explain and understand that this is the Antichrist. He has a bow, but don't have any arrows. So he's going to try to bring peace. He's wearing a crown because after all, he wants to appear as Jesus. He wants to appear as one in authority, one that has the rule. And he went forth conquering and to conquer, not with death, but with deception with deception. We'll pick up on the second seal tomorrow, but I wanted to just kind of finish that out. I think that sometimes when we read the book of Revelation, we have to take our time and and kind of break it down, get a background, get an understanding. I hope it's been that way for you, and I hope that you have uh, grabbed on to uh, the word today, and you'll study even more than what we've studied, because There's always going to be an imitation. False teachers, false Christ, false preachers, false brethren. There's always going to be the false, the imitators, the people that's out for other reasons and out to deceive people. That's what this first rider is conquering, but it's through deception. Let's pray. Lord, We come before your presence, and I thank you, Lord, for the word today. I pray that we have rightly divided the word of truth, expounded it fully so that we can all understand the word. If I have misrepresented or misinterpreted or misquoted anything today, forgive me, Lord, and help me to make it right. Lord, help us to understand what is coming up on this earth. Help us to understand that there's always going to be false brethren, false teachers, even the Antichrist who is false, trying to appear as you. But Lord, we know that if we have a relationship with you, we will not be deceived by all of the false imitators of our day. Lord, I pray that you would touch somebody today with more knowledge than they have. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. Certainly uh, appreciate all of you who have uh, stayed with us today through the study of the word. And uh, we want to, uh, we want to kind of take our time, as we said, as we go through each of these, uh, each of these uh, seals, each of these, um, you know, uh, we can look at seals. We can look at uh, we can look at vows. Uh, we can look at trumpets and and vows. Uh, so we, as we go through these, uh, we want to kind of uh, take our time one at a time if we can without pushing too much information. Have you ever tried to cram for an exam? Maybe uh, you was uh, waiting right up to the last minute, and then the night before you take the test, you start studying, 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 and you try to cram it all in, and all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, I've just, I've just scrambled my mind and my thinking. I can't even think straight. So we don't want to cram too much in our minds as we study the Word of God. We want to be able to understand it fully. So we hope this is a blessing to you and uh, help to you to understand the word of the Lord, because after all, uh, that's what we want to do. We want to study the word of the Lord and see what is coming upon this earth. Also, we have our trivia question up and running. What king of Israel was most evil of all? What king of Israel was most evil of all? Well, We'll have the results on tomorrow's broadcast. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Hope to see you tonight at 7 o'clock at CAC because we are out of here.
On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the Spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.